the world is losing touch on what is sexually acceptable. Some embrace sexual expression while others consider it taboo. People who condemn and are ashamed of sexuality are missing out on one key element to manifesting, that is sexual energy. Sexual energy is the force or power that exists in you when you are absolutely aroused. It's that pleasure and the fuel for creation. Bringing sex energy into creation gives birth to new ideas and manifestations. So today on the show, I have Megan Wall. This is her second time on the show, and I hope you enjoy it. You are listening to The Gambino Mindset, where in-the-closet entrepreneurs go to reclaim their power, up-level their mindset, and thrive in business. I am your host, Christina Gambino, and I am a women's sexual intuitive and mindset coach for the bold and audacious hiding within you. It is my passion to empower you to step into your sexuality on a spiritual level by embracing your soul's purpose through speaking your truth and radically loving yourself with conviction. Now let's vibe. Welcome back to the show, Megan. Today, I have Megan Wall on the show. She is a money coach and sex phone operator who teaches intuitive millennial coaches how to make massive amounts of money and how to manage it. She is also a creator of the Sacred Money Method, which is a 90-day high-touch mentorship. Do you want to touch a little bit on your 90-day mentorship? Yeah, absolutely. So my 90-day is all about um, getting intuitive coaches to financial freedom. So we touch a lot on, you know, limiting money beliefs. We, um, improve your spending habits, feminize business practices, get out of debt and set up systems like bookkeeping and proper money management within your bank. Um, so it's like a really cool mixture of the spiritual, the woo woo, and also very practical, very grounded, um, methods. That is awesome. Cause I don't think a lot of coaches touch on the practical side of money. You hear a lot of money manifestation techniques, but you don't hear a lot of the practical money aspect of the business. Yeah. I definitely don't consider myself an actual manifestation coach. Um, we do a little bit on like law of attraction, but it's mainly like falling in love with your money being not absolutely terrified of debt And then money kind of naturally flows to you once you have that calm confidence that money will always be there. Um, It's just kind of a natural progression, but we don't, in my program, we don't um, spend a lot of time on actual manifestation. No, I think that's great because there's a lot of money coaches out there that don't touch on what you touch on, which is great because that makes you one of a kind and more of the reason why everyone needs to hire you. (laughs) So today, um, if you haven't, you should check out my episode number six. Um, Megan was on the podcast, I guess it's been like a couple months now. And we talked about um, sex work in 2020. So Megan is a sex phone operator and that's how she started to build her business. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So actually, um, the sex work I just started in 2020, which has been definitely a, uh, a a journey. And I think it's very different than other sex workers who started before 2020, you kind of have 
a different grasp and now everything's online nobody's really meeting in person I mean now in October it's a little bit different now that we have the everyone's kind of used to the pandemic and everything um I know people are meeting in person again but yeah it's been the sex work has been truly a journey because I've tried a lot of different things I do the sex phone operator the phone sex <laughs> operation and I have like an OnlyFans and an AVN and I do some domination stuff like dominatrix style work as well so it's I'm I'm have my fingers in a lot of buckets I don't know <laughs> what's the <laughs> fingers what's in the a term? lot of buckets I don't know that just thought of something sexual to me of course so yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's super awesome. I love it. Um, I know I've said it before. That's not something I feel I could personally do. I don't get into like their dirty talk, but maybe it's easier because you're on the phone and you're not really with somebody. I don't know. I've never, I've never tried really. I mean, maybe, but it's not for me, but I definitely, I didn't know you did the, I'd love the dominatrix stuff. Yeah. That's actually my favorite part. I really love, um, So I have a couple like full-time submissives that like pay me a monthly fee to like check in with them twice a day. And I give them like daily tasks, like, you know, what to wear, what to buy at the store. If they have like a partner, I'll tell them to like buy her flowers or, you know, take their dog on a walk, you know, just like really lifestyle type domination for people who enjoy having the their lives dominated it's really fun for me because it's it's less so about the um humiliation so it's not so like intense all the time you know and I can we like truly have like really good relationships and we talk and like they make me feel better when I have a bad day (laughs) and like I don't know it's just like really fun that's awesome because that's that's another aspect I don't think enough people know who are not in like the sex industry that you can have like real relate, like you do have real relationships with your clients, like on a normal level. It's not always like super kinky and super sexy and sexual and crazy and what people perceive it to be. Absolutely. I literally had this argument with somebody on Twitter yesterday, somebody who's like not in the sex work industry at all. This woman was complaining about um how this sub had approached her and you know they they really hit it off and like they were getting really uh, getting along really well and they were talking you know for several days in a row and then he just like ghosted like blocked her on all platforms and everything like that and she was just like what the fuck like why do people do this and so somebody commented and was like how can you say that like you have a genuine relationship with your subs like you're all online that doesn't even make sense you you can't even like be in um be in like close proximity with them and I was just like you've obviously never been a sex worker (laughs) because it's literally just like having a a relationship with your bartender or like your therapist or like it's it's literally the same absolutely because I've been a bartender (laughs) right and I know and I never had a friendship 
Yeah. And I felt it's funny that you bring up that bartending aspect, because I mean, if you guys haven't picked up what she was throwing down, it's the point of the fact that like, we are real people that listen to your problems and kind of coach you through things. And as a bartender, I'm sure everyone's been there where they've had a bad day and they just want to go sit at the bar by themselves and they share all their problems with the bartender. You know, it's like very similar to being like a dancer in the club. Some of those people want, some of those men want nothing to do sexually. Like they had a bad day. They're going to sit in the corner. They're going to buy a bottle. They're going to drink with you. They know what the business entails and they know that it's energy exchange for money and they'll pay you, but it's because they need a companion, not because they need the sexual aspect of the sex worker. Yeah. And I think I talked about this last time the one of my regulars that calls me all the time on the phone sex line like he and I like we've been building this relationship for like six months now and he can just call me and be like hey baby and like he's and he'll say can you tell me about you know what your day was at work like I don't go to work but we have this like rapport where I can like come up with something that I know is going to turn him on so that like we can have a fun session. So it's just like, of course. And it's, and have you never had like an online relationship, like a friendship with somebody before this, just because you can't touch, just because you can't see someone in person, doesn't mean there's no love there. That doesn't mean there's no, um, connection, passion, connection. Exactly. No, that's crazy. No, I completely agree with you on all of it. And like, that's more of the reason why we do this show. So today, me and Megan, we're going to talk about like sex manifestation. And first I want to touch, we're actually going to talk about sex manifestation, but also in relation to tantric sex and the differences between the two and what the practices are. But first, I think it's really important to touch on sexual energy because without having sexual energy or feeling sexually acceptable, you can't use either practice because you'll lack the sexual energy of doing so. So the world has definitely lost touch on what it is to be sexually acceptable. There are the people who are, who condemn sex and are ashamed of sexuality. And then there are other people who embrace their sexual expression. And then like, again, like I said, other people still think it's taboo. So basically to define sexual energy, It is the force or power that exists in you when you are aroused. So basically sexual energy is that like warm tingling feeling when you like want to ride someone's face off. That's your sex energy. So to use that energy, it is also a very creative energy. It is also part of your chakra system and you have to get in touch with it in order to bring things into creation, which gives birth to new ideas and manifestation. So have you ever practiced like sex manifestation or sex magic before? Have you? Yes. Okay. I, it's, it's, um, I'm very like newbie, like very beginner at it, but it's fun. And so my, the way my friend kind of uses her sex magic is that she, she and her partner will just kind of be like, okay, is this the money sex or is this like the new house sex or is this like, you know, whatever we're manifesting, we're going to set the intention beforehand and then just like 
fuck it out you know just like use that that energy to like explode it into existence you know what I mean absolutely because it is like that's what sex is it is giving birth to new things because you really do give birth like you really do have sex and you really do create a human and you really birth that being into existence so to understand that and to use it so you can like build your own creation around other things and birth those things into existence I think is very powerful for people to know so have you had any manifestations through sex magic? Yeah, absolutely. So I personally tend to use my sex magic more when I'm uh, just doing my solo practice. Um, That's what so I was what- going to ask you about because I know more about sexual, well, because I'm single now. So of course everything is personal pleasure, but I am more familiar with like the sex manifestation, sex magic side of like self-pleasure opposed to even understanding what that would look like in a relationship yeah so you said you've done it like with personal pleasure so explain the difference between the two yeah so for me personal pleasure it's all about how you choose to have sex with yourself and you know every orgasm is valid and perfect (laughs) So it's like, so like, regardless of whether you're just like, okay, I'm going to lay down and just like have one as quick as possible. Or if you're like, okay, I'm going to really like take it slow and like build it up and have really like really intimate sex with yourself. It's just like a matter of your intention behind it and, um, holding the picture in your mind pretty much the whole time is super important or, or, every time you kind of have a wave of pleasure, like building it up and kind of like, okay, like even setting a mantra being like, money is coming to me. And like, every time you have that wave of pleasure, every time you're building up, building up, just saying money is coming to me, money is coming to me and holding it with your orgasm is super fascinating. So yeah, I have, I mean, it's been on like a small scale. Like I said, I'm very newbie beginner at it. So like a couple times after I had an orgasm and was using the sex magic, I got like PayPal notifications of somebody buying my content, which was really cool. That's awesome. It was on the scale of like less than $50 each time, but the size of the manifestation doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. That's all, which means like, because you manifested something so small, you can manifest something so much bigger. Right. And it's exercising that trust muscle. So now I'm like, okay, so this is working. Now I'm going to try for something bigger, but I'd love to hear your um, experience with it. Tell me about what, how you use it. The way it was explained to me is that you go through your chakra system. So you go through your you go through your chakra system. Okay, I'm ready. I wasn't ready. So you go through your chakra system. So basically you stimulate the part of your chakra. So you'd go through the root and that is your personal security, who you are. So before you start the practice, you write down on a piece of paper, your desired intention and you work your way through, you feel the 
like who you are in the personal security through your root. You feel that you start pleasuring yourself until you, like you said, you feel that wave and you have this image and then you get to the point to where it's like kind of right before you orgasm, but then you slow it back down and then you move yourself into the second chakra, which is the sacral chakra. And that's all about feelings. So then you use your, the feeling side of manifestation into that vision and you do the practice when you get to the point to where you think you're going to orgasm, you slow yourself back down, you hold that vision, and then you move into the solar plexus, which is all about your actions and your feelings of confidence. And then you shift the image there and you put all your manifestation and you work your way through. So then obviously the next is your heart and you, how you love that intention and how you're going to do that with love through your throat, how you express yourself through your third eye that's when you really explode your visions. And then once you get to the crown chakra, that's obviously like the connection to the divine and how you trust. So that's when you allow yourself to actually orgasm with that full picture in mind, but as important as it is like to let it go, like let go of the why, like release during like the orgasm and release like the why behind it and let it go. Releasing the attachment. For yeah. Sure. That's so fascinating. I feel like (laughs) now that you say that, I can really see how powerful it would be because I feel like I've just been kind of playing with my manifestations down in like the sacral and the root. Like I haven't been like bringing it all the way up through like my crown. And for me, my authority according to human design is the sacral. So I feel everything when I'm supposed to be making decisions on how I react to things. I feel everything deep in my gut and I can pretty much make decisions based on if it feels good for me and it usually works out. That's amazing. So I, yeah, I, I really love the way my human design played out and I, it, it's feels so true and aligned to me. So making decisions that way and also playing with my orgasm around my sacral and in my root has been, like I said, you know, fruiting those small manifestations. But now that you say that, I'm definitely going to play with like bringing the energy all the way up. Yeah. Bring the energy. And like, like, you know, when you're in the root, you know, like start there, think about security, like the security your intention is going to bring you and envision that and like envision red because that's the chakra color for the root, you know? And as you move out, like make it, or I'm sorry, as you move up, make it like a rainbow of colors, like embody that whole feeling of like what that chakra is supposed to do with for you. Um, because that's what color, what, what color is the sacral? The sacral is um, orange. Okay. So it goes, the root is red, the sacral is orange, the solar plexus is yellow, the heart is green, the throat is blue, the third eye is purple, and the crown is white. Okay, yeah. So I have this, I have this uh, bracelet. It's for the heart chakra, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it's got a little, anyway, it's got a little symbol, I think, for the, for the heart chakra anyway (laughs) I was just yeah no that well you have to know the colors like they also say like it's super powerful like you know to do even if you're not into like the sex magic part of it to use like the chakra colors like someone calls it like um it's a form of meditation like a it's called a chakra shower while you're Mm -hmm. in the shower like you kind of do the same process but without the 
self-pleasure aspect and you move like you as the water comes upon your head and it like cleanses your body you imagine it going through your body through all the chakras yeah and like you can like close your eyes and see the visualizations and like feel the feelings and like you know just remember what is associated what part of your body is associated with what chakra so when you're going through the throat you know you're bringing that intention out through your expression because yeah. all things through the chakra will help you manifest you know you need to have awareness of your self-expression you know you need the solar plexus so you can like feel confident and that's where your passions lie and that's where your willingness lies to do you know so mm -hmm. you need that part of you obviously you need the sacral because despite or you know despise that it's about sex it's also about creativity and birthing new ideas which is also where like a lot of your feminine energy lies which i find like um very interesting that that's like your chakra for human design because you can tell through your content and like how you post on social media that you are very like feminine which yeah. is i think fantastic because we are in a very dominant masculine world yeah. you know that and including myself we get too caught up in the masculine and the hustle and the do 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 where it just ends up causing a lot of overwhelm and a lot of paralyzation of actually creating. It's so funny that you say that because I recently was having this conversation last week with somebody about the transition that I made from being in finance, like my business being all about finance and doing bookkeeping and CFO work behind the scenes for people to being a coach and how my day now is much more feminine than it was before. So before I was like, okay, I know exactly what I need to do when I wake up. I've got my list out. You know, I'm, I'm in people's books. I'm in the bank. I'm in the numbers. And it's like very like structured. I knew exactly like what I needed to do. And so I would seek out the feminine practices. Like I felt like I needed more of the feminine and so my rituals revolved a lot more around the feminine, but now that I'm full-time coaching, my day is much more about like, okay, maybe I'll do some like direct outreach on Instagram today. Maybe I'll like make a few posts. Maybe I'll create something in Canva. It's just like, so, so I need the structure more. And so I need a lot more like, um, you know, setting my schedule like the week before and like scheduling out my posts and everything like that or else I just like <laughs> won't get anything done you know I feel that way too but I just feel like I I have like all the to-do lists and I have all the like I have all the things I need to do in order to run my business the way I want to run it that it just looks like a laundry list of shit and I look at it and it overwhelms the fuck out of me. And I'm just like, fuck this, like, nope. And then I feel like I lack all of the feminine to where if I have the proper balance, I could fall back on the feminine and the feminine would kind of pick me up and at least put me in creation mm. mode, you know? Whereas like, I'm so worried about like the statistics and the numbers and like how things are and how they look that you know, I don't have the feminine side. They're balancing me out being like, it's okay. Like, let's not worry about the outcome. Let's just create and do the things. Yeah. Cause I, it's, that's always been like balancing the two has always been a struggle and I'm a Scorpio. So I'm a very strong sign. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. that like I'm on the cusp, but I definitely identify with my scorpion side. So it's very much like a power struggle with me, like in relationships, I always want to be the one taking charge. So Mm -hmm. with everything, like my masculine is very like heightened for sure. Are you, I bet you're very dominant in like sex and stuff. You submit very much. Um, I mean, I could say not very much. No, the most recent I have to go off of is like my past relationship, but we were together for nine or 10 years. So Mm -hmm. of course I would be submissive at times, but I mean, if I, I just know what I want when I want it and I'm going to go take it. Yeah. You know, I'm very much, you know, and I, and even when I was escorting, it, it, it was like, people would like submissives would like gravitate towards me for that without even knowing like that's what I would do you know what I'm saying it's like I would just attract the people you know interested in those type of things you know like all the spanking and all the like you know but like but it was more like humiliating type stuff but I mean at that time I was very new to it I didn't know what I was doing it was very taboo to me, but I was like, Hey, like, if this is what you want me to do, like, I remember this very first, my very first client, he, I wasn't ready for like this type of situation. And he comes in, we have like an in-call house and he comes in and he's like all dressed up. It's like lunchtime. And I lived in a very like nice upper class area. So you'd get a lot of like businessmen in suits, like during their lunch break. And like, he comes in all suited up or whatever. And he like comes in and he like looks around the house and he unbuttons his shirt. And he, he just, I mean, he has like a tank top underneath. He's not even showing me skin. He just unbuttons his shirt and there's like a paddle. He's like, this is what we're going to do. He's like, I'm going to come back inside, but I'm in trouble. I'm not supposed to be here. And you're just going to tell me how bad I am and spank me with the paddle, like brought his own gear. And I'm like, no problem. Like I totally, like I'm down for that, like no problem. But I was just like taken, I was like taken off guard. You know, I just, I wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, this is what we discussed on the phone, (laughs) you know, like I probably would have charged more, but you know, but, um, but definitely like, and I've, but I've always been very in control and very like, I, I just like it. And I even recall, like, um, it was funny. I was getting ready to do this podcast episode with you. And I was, I just had thought of something, um, with my ex that kind of relates to Tantra a little bit. Um, but it's also very like dominatrix. It's, you know, I remember a time, um, I hadn't seen him for months. He had just came home and I like set up like a whole scenario where like I tied him down and blindfolded him. And like, it was all about like, you know, cause it's all about, at that point, it's all about your senses. Like you can't see, yeah. you can't touch, you can't move. Like all you have is like your taste and your smell. So right. it was, you know, basically like incorporating like different tastes like I'd feed him a strawberry or I'd dunk it in chocolate or like I would do different things and then I'd like sit on his face and like you know like because he doesn't know what's coming and funny about that that relating to tantra is that tantra the difference between like sex manifestation and sex magic and tantra is that tantra is all about like the spiritual 
So it's all about like really getting close, like to the connection and taking things extremely slow and everything being like a gentle touch, like, you know, yeah. let me gently like place my finger on your back or, you know, the small connections to like work your sexual energy up so much to where you can have an orgasm, like without like intercourse at all. Yeah. So it's funny. I'm having like a recovered memory. (laughs) Um, um, so when I first moved to New York, I, there was, there's, well, they're all over the country, but there are these, um, like goddess temples, like Tantra temples where men go and there's like no actual sexual intercourse. And it's all like, um, with your hands so you do like hand jobs and like stuff like that but it's it's mainly about like the touch and the sensation and it's it's really cool and I was I was wanting to join one because (laughs) when you're on when you're like on um in on duty or whatever like when you when you're when your work time is you're like encouraged to like self-pleasure and like take a bath and like do whatever you need to like do a to ton of your- self-care yeah like super keep yourself super juicy and just like like very feminine because these men or these people that are in like Manhattan are coming from their super high stress jobs and it's like it's a, like an in-call house but it's like a temple where you know you have a room and everything but everything's very like flowy and like um you and know a lot of feminine energy exactly so i just i wanted to join so bad i thought it would have been really cool <laughs> that does sound really cool because even like in relation to something like cuz you know i would relate that to like going to a strip club per se except we you know there's a lot of sex that happens in the strip clubs or at least in my strip clubs, because like I was a dancer in Miami and Miami is full nude, right? Full nude. Yeah. And when I first came across, like I started dancing when I was 19, but I started dancing in Michigan and the only full nude club was, um, there was no alcohol, which how it is like a lot of places. Um, it's if you're full nude, there's no alcohol which at the time I just started, I'm like, I absolutely need alcohol in order to do this. Like, there's no way, like, I just, I just, I just can't like, you know, um, slowly over time, I mean, over years, many years, like I fell out of that, like, you know, and I gained the confidence that I wanted without needing the drinks, but it's still different than how you explain because like these temples, these goddess temples sound like super beautiful with feminine energy, like full-blown feminine. Whereas strip clubs, women tend to be very masculine because Mm -hmm. of the way we approach the men or the sale. Yeah. Because a lot of the times like men just aren't going to approach you. They wait for you to approach them. Like they know, unless, you know, they, they've looked at you from across the room or saw you on stage and they just, you mesmerize them somehow and they just must have you, you know? But I feel like that's less frequent. It is less frequent. It's very much like they know where they are. They know females are going to come up to them because it's their job. They know they're all looking for money. It's their job. You know, 
a majority of the time, like, of course, we'll have those guys that come to strip clubs to see the free show and tip nobody and have their drink, you know, but more times than not, they're in there because no matter what the amount of money that they intended on spending, they have an amount of money that they intend on spending. And if they don't spend it on you, they're going to spend it on somebody else. And a lot of the times I found that these men go to strip clubs because they're too self-conscious or they're too insecure to take that step and speak to a woman or funny that I say this because there's a friend of mine who I'm still really connected to. And I met him at the club when I first started dancing in Miami. So that was about 10 years ago. And he recently said to me, cause we're still friends. He was never a client because the way I always distinguished it is that if I met you at the club and you gave me money, then I'm going to forever ask you for money because that's our relationship. Like you yeah. are now a client forever. I asked you for money. Like you paid me. Okay. But if there were plenty of times, like the club would be slow and there would be guys that would be those guys that would just sit there and want a couple of drinks and have a good conversation that would tip you and pay you for your time. But like, wouldn't get dances, wouldn't get VIP rooms, might buy you a drink, you know? And he was one of those guys, but he said, you know, why am I going to go out to a bar and strike up a conversation with like someone at the bar who clearly just wants me to buy them a drink and then like leaves me and doesn't even spend the time or the conversation. They just take the free drink or I could go to the strip club, you know, hang out with like people I consider my friends, you know, have some good conversation and like just pay for that. Yeah. You know, why do I have to go and be fake and like filter through the people and distinguish who's real and who's not all because they want a free drink. Right. Whereas I know at the strip club, they're going to want a drink. So I go prepared to buy a drink. You know, I know I'm going to tip them for their time. Like, so I'm going prepared to pay them, but at least I know they'll be honest with me and not like reject me. Yeah. So, okay. I'm very curious. I kind of have this problem. Um, when I'm on like dating apps, like Tinder or Bumble, and I'm specifically looking for somebody to like have sex with, um, versus like people on Twitter who come to me to buy content from me. So like, I'm really curious how in your personal life, did you distinguish from like people who you wanted money from and like people who you wanted to have like actual relationships with? That is really an interesting question. Um, I think part of it was, it was also knowing like, almost as if you respected me more because you didn't pay me, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I know that sounds really weird, but if you're paying me, like I, you know, you're using me you know, for like, if I want a bigger connection with you and you pay me, I know what you're paying me for. You're paying me for sex. You know, you're paying me to be naked. You're paying me like, and like I said, I was an escort. So majority of the time, you know, where I made my money, you're paying me for sex. You know, you're paying me for some sort of sexual activity or fantasy or whatever to where I distinguished that was their way of determining my value for them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, they only valued me for that, you know, and it was clearly one, two, three, a business, business exchange. They didn't really leave room for 
like me actually building a relationship with you because you, you immediately made yourself a client. Right. Whereas there were certain people who I guess I would honestly say it's like gut feeling and like vibes because the people who I created relationships with, and I can't, you know, and I can't even say that honestly either, because there's a, there's a guy who I did an, I did an in-call for, or an out-call for to his house when I was living in Fort Lauderdale. And um, he was like, he's my age. So 10 years ago, he was 24, you know, like young, you know, so some of these guys, it's like, you're paying, I don't even know why, but you're super attractive. You have like nice size dicks. Like you can definitely go get it yourself. And I'm sure that ties into like not wanting to deal with like the extra bullshit and drama and whatever else. But he ended up becoming one of my really good friends to where he had even one day picked me up like I never took money from him again, but like, you know, it's like, I didn't know you, you made a call like on my, my photo and I showed up, you know, did my job. And like, we realized we had a connection and we became more friends never did I take, I mean, I've never had sex with him again either, but like, I never had another business interaction with him. I would never. And I think he has more respect for me now that like, he wouldn't ever ask again. Cause we still talk, we're still friends. Like yeah. he, he moves out, he moved out of state, but even when we were together, um, I had moved where I currently live now, which is two hours from Miami and my, my children's father at the time we were newly dating and I had made a post on Facebook. I'm like, Oh, I just need a ride to Fort Lauderdale. Does anyone want to just pick me up and take me there? And, um, this guy was like, yeah, I'll give you a ride to go see your boyfriend. I'm like, okay. So like, it's just, just weird how things turn out. Like I still talk to him to this day, but going back to that, I also met my children's father at the strip club. He never spent a dollar on me. Like he, and I think that's what it comes down to. Like, if you treat me like I'm a person with like real value and real self-worth and like, you know, you treat me like I'm a real individual, then I'm going to treat you like you're a real person. Like you treat me like all I am is a stripper in the club. Then all I'm going to do is treat you like a client and take your money. (laughs) Right. Yeah. For me, it's like, because I do everything online right now and I started doing everything online and I sell pictures of my body for money and I do, you know, live streams for money and I have sex for money. And it's like, when I'm, when I'm looking for someone to have sex with on like a casual basis and they're like, Oh, like send me some sexy pics. And I'm like, I could be making money off of these pictures right now, you know, and that was a really hard, like realization for like, I couldn't, I couldn't like, I mean, and it's harder for me to like, um, like feel what you're saying because I've never like the closest I've done it online is like back in the day when you were allowed to have a back page and I could post on back page. And like, that was strictly for escorts and people would just like respond, like, you know, mostly text me or call my fake phone line and say, oh, I just want Savannah for a call. Okay, perfect. And here I come, you know, right. or whoever the fuck, like I had girls like that would work for me too, or whoever the hell I'm sending you. Um, but the closest I can get into like relation to that would be, I did have a sugar daddy that I met at the strip club. He was, I think 36 when I was 24. So he was like super young, super attractive, super nice guy, like a lot of fun. Like we would hang out all the time, but 
you bought a champagne room from me and gave me a ridiculous amount of money on top of how many dances you bought before that on top of i don't know how many times like i would text you and say i'm bored at the club for whatever either i didn't feel like working or whatever the case was and he would come and give me money because like that was our relationship and i really liked him as a person i mean i did have my relationship i was in but i did like him as an individual and i liked him as a person but he kind of established like who he wanted to be you know mm -hmm. you wanted to be my sugar daddy like you like I knew I could call you up and tell you I wanted to go shopping and we would go shopping and you would pay for everything like yeah. even times when he he started to get too comfortable at times and think he didn't have to pay for things and he would still pay for things so like <laughs> it, it was just like you know I mean and that ended because you know it at a time in your life when you're in that industry and you're in a relationship, there comes a time when like that other person just isn't having it no more, you yeah. know? No, like I totally, totally understand that because it's, and, and my partner and I have been together for nine years as well. So it's like, and we get married in two weeks. And of course, like he's fully aware of everything I do on the internet and everything like that. And I've been on like seeking arrangement like trying to find a sugar daddy before and like all of yeah, these things. type of things like they always seem to like try to scam you I feel like yeah. those like sugar daddy apps but sorry go ahead <laughs> no that's okay it's just it's one of those things where like he started out and it was very much like okay I'm just doing this because I think it'll be fun like I think like I really want to figure out you know have get some more confidence in my body I want the attention really and as well as like he and I met when I was 18 so it was like I felt like I didn't have get to have enough dicks as I wanted to have <laughs> I feel you so what's your number on dicks you want to have like, oh I don't know I I'm at like I think nine now at that's this point. it yeah. And I'm, that's 22. so terrible because I'm sure there's other people listening to this podcast. Like that's it. Like how many people has this bitch had sex with? But if I think about it, because I was a paid fucking, I mean, there will be days like, I can't say, you know, judge me if you please anybody listening, but like, you know, I don't know. I would have sex with multiple people in a day. That was my Girl, job. No judgment. Yeah. I, yeah. I would shower job. and saddle yeah. back up, like whatever, you know, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. I lost, I mean, I lost count. Like, I don't even know. I yeah. mean, I was in well, the industry for a significant amount of time. And the reason, and I know I talked about it in our last episode together, but the only reason why I started charging was because I was so promiscuous and I was going out every night and I would end up with somebody at the end of the night having sex with them. So why am I doing it for free? Like, right people are going to pay me and I can do the same thing and embrace my sexuality. And to be honest, it's more fun doing it as a paid person because like you kind of get to step into like your alter ego. Exactly. You get yeah. to be somebody else. Like, and I always, it, I loved going to the club because like, I wasn't Christina. Like I was, it depended, you know, I was Tiana or Daniela, or I'd have a different name for every club I'd go to. So I could like keep up with my clients. Like I would tell them like, so I would know if someone messaged me like, this is John from, this is, hey, Daniela, this is John. Like, I know I met you at like whatever club. Like mm. I know what part of Miami you're in. You yeah. know, like, so, cause so I know where I'm going to go if I'm going to go see you there today. But that's funny. My, my name online is Hazel. Um, you told me last I, time and I love it. 
<laughs> I do. I love it. But yeah, like, I mean, as far as Tantra, like that one dominative experience I had, I would maybe call it the most tantric experience I could have had, like with a partner where it was, but that would have been, I would, it would be something I would definitely have to ask him personally how he felt because it was everything like I was doing to him, you know? So he would be the one feeling the connection, like me, not so much. Whereas I had done a tantric experience with someone like virtually, which was interesting. I mean, obviously it was all about like self-pleasure and like, I'm really happy I did it and experienced it. But it was basically like, he's saying to me the whole time in his like native language and I just masturbated. That sounds epic. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> like it was fucking amazing. That. And like he met, he, you know, we still talk, but it's always about sex. And sometimes I'm just exhausted to talk about it all the time. Like I'm not, I'm not in the proper situation to be masturbating all day. Like I'm homeschooling. Like I can't, yeah. I can't always be masturbating, but it was, it was like really magical. Like I had a couple glasses of wine. He like set the mood and like sang me his like songs. And like, I just, I, I mean, it was the best orgasm I've had. And up until like this year, I don't think like, I don't, I really never masturbated before. Yeah. You know, like I was with, I was in that relationship for nine or 10 years, like that I never really felt the need. And I wasn't up until this year as well. Like I wasn't always like a hundred percent okay with myself. I was always like worrying about like the judgment of others. So I wouldn't necessarily experience certain things, but now that I'm like single and alone, like I'm all about trying all the things and like realize like according to my astrological chart, I'm more sexual than I thought. I'm so glad you said that, honestly, because I feel like I I didn't start masturbating until like four years ago, but I'm like, the more I talk to my friends, like the more I realize that people, even women have started masturbating so much earlier in their lives. When I grew up, like I went to super private Christian school growing up, like graduated with like 25 people. So I was never exposed to girls or women masturbating I thought masturbation was just for boys like only boys masturbate only boys touch themselves and that's bad and that's wrong and I there's no reason for me to like touch myself at all and so I held a lot of judgment even against my partner because he masturbated and I felt like that said something about me in our relationship and that said something about how like I can't hold down a man or like I'm not good enough for him to like like not want to touch himself and I'm just like so once I started masturbating it was like oh this is just I get it now yeah it's like this is just me connecting with me like sometimes I just like want to like have sex with myself and that's okay yeah actually you should (laughs) no it's definitely beneficial and it's good for you it reduces stress like it stimulates creativity like it's I mean it's so healthy for you because of course like you know I mean and then like same thing with like with (laughs) tantra like you're supposed to like bring 
um, like your orgasm, like you're supposed to do the similar, like the similar thing that like I explained with like sex magic with bringing it up through the chakras. But once you bring it up to the top, you like hold it there, you don't masturbate and then you recirculate it. Like, and you're supposed to like channel that energy for like something else. Like, so you can like create a big project or do something like, I mean, anything like, because it's such a creative energy, but you know, like I remember talking to the guy who, who sang to me for, for God knows how long. And he said that like, Oh, like one day he messages me like on WhatsApp and he's like, I've been masturbating. Well, they don't, you know, he's from India. So they call it a lingam massage. So he's been giving himself a massage for 10 hours and he still hasn't come. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, oh, I just keep channeling. Like, he's like, I just keep channeling the energy somewhere else. And I'm putting it, I'm just using it. I'm going to use this energy for, for my music. Cause he's like, you know, he obviously writes music. So he's like, I'm going to channel it and use it to create music. And I'm like, but like, but how? So when we did our like tantric experience, like, I mean, I got to the point to where maybe I possibly could have tried, but like, you know, you get to that heightened point of orgasm and like, there's nothing more you want to do than to orgasm. Like, I don't think I want to hold it. Like, like, I think (laughs) I want to let it go, you know, but having like more of like a purpose, like, you know, like for manifestation or for sex magic, like having more of an intention for where your orgasm will go, will give you, or at least me more of like a satisfaction of orgasming. Like I didn't waste it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because it's almost like, it's almost like once you orgasm, you're just like, I mean, I'm speaking personally, if I orgasm in the middle of the day at like noon, I'm useless for the rest of the day. Yes. And so that's the point of like their practice of like re like, you know, of getting all those good feelings and getting that connection with yourself. And it's all about like being spiritual and like really connecting with yourself on a different level and then channeling that energy to do something greater than just orgasm. But in our culture, like we weren't, no, I mean, that's in, you know, that's in India, like that's their culture. In our culture, like in America, like we were kind of taught to have sex to come. Right. You know, like like go, 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 like race to the finish line, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, you know, it's very much a masculine energy and it's very much like, that's very much male driven because as women, we still are so shamed for our sexuality, but like going on, like, you know, centuries and centuries ago, like how much women had to hide themselves. And even so much now, like even with like rape culture, how we have to hide ourselves. And if like, we don't cover our body a certain way, it's like our fault if Mm -hmm. we're raped by what a man is gonna see and perceive because like they're obviously mentally trained to like just go after the sex. Right. Which conditions us to feel that way too, as women, because we've never been taught another way. Right. Exactly. And it's like, like I, sorry, I have seen media shaming women for taking too long to come. Like, like the whole, uh, stereotype of women take much longer than men to come. And it's just like, you know, oh, it's so much harder for women to finish. It's so much, 
you know, it takes so much more for women to finish. And so you feel like, okay, I'm taking too long. I'm taking too long. Why am I taking so long? Like, why can't I just like go faster, go faster, go faster, you know? Well, and then the pressure's on too. It's like, I mean, I just remember times it would be like, oh, I'm about to come. Like, are you going to come soon? Like, because if you, because you, we all know men can only come once. So like, it's like, are you going to, cause I'm about to come. If you don't come, like, you're not going to come because I'm just going to come and it's over. And like, there was a few times in my relationship when I say a few, like I'm probably saying two times in the 10 years that I came before he did. And I rolled over and I said, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm just not doing anymore. And he's like, what do you mean? I didn't come yet. I'm like, but think about all the times that like, you just come and I don't, and you just roll over and that's it because you're done. So I just want to be done. Like now I'm exhausted. I just released everything. I'm tired. I want to roll over and go to sleep. Yeah. And it's not like they're that. So like we have toys in my house, so it's not like I only need your dick to come. Like if you finish before me, okay, grab the dildo, grab the vibrator and let's keep going until I finish, you know? And I think in my relationship, I mean, it was never like a thing for me to masturbate, which I mean, I'm sure if I just started doing it like early on, it would have been like natural and no one would have bothered me. But because like it wasn't, it was, but it's kind of like the same thing in like his head, like that you just explained, like, is there something wrong with me? And am I not good enough? Like, you know, cause that's kind of how, how we've been taught to see masturbation in a sense. Like if a man is not getting it from you and he has to satisfy himself, then like, we're the ones that are wrong. Right. You know? So yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. The whole aspect of, yeah, of the (laughs) orgasm. Totally. Did I, do you have any more questions? No, that's it. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to add? We're like at an hour. I know. I was going to say, we've been talking for an hour. Um, I mean, which I'm totally, I have no, I have nothing after this. So I'm totally down to chat some more, but um, I'm curious. Let's see. I had a question. Oh, when did you have your first orgasm in your life? Like, when did you come for the first time? To be honest, um, the time that I really recognized it and was actually aware of like, oh, like this must be what an orgasm is. Like whatever I thought has been happening for all these years, wasn't that. It was actually, I had to have been like 19 or 20, maybe a little older, maybe like 21 or 22. Um, And it was actually with a guy I had a call with and he was, yeah. I mean, he was like a regular client. So I saw him like quite frequently and he was just all about like pleasuring me like without like intercourse and like I had like the best orgasm of my life and it really made me question if I ever had had one before (laughs) like swear and then I'm the same way I think I was like maybe 22 or 23 when I first like had had sex with multiple partners and like uh, like it all felt good like I was like always very satisfied from the sex like I was never like oh that was that sucked or anything but like I, I thought that I had been orgasming the whole time when really that was not (laughs) I know and then the only other person that like you know and that was like way after like all my so 
was like a, like so whoever I dated before I was 22 they're shit out of fucking luck they didn't make me come and then, yeah. so like this guy like opened my eyes to what it was and then the relationship I just got out of like sex was always good that was like probably yeah. when I decided or thought about like ending our relationship like that was one of the things I thought about like who am I gonna have sex with like the sex is good like I can just stay in this relationship for the sex like the sex is that good but you know that goes with the same time being like at one point we had a connection you know at one point it meant something to where like now it doesn't so like you don't you know you you just don't orgasm anymore like the whole essence is gone yeah because of course I've had sex with him since like we broke up and it's not the same Honestly, like if, if my partner and I broke up, I don't know that I'd ever get serious with another man again. Like I just, I don't like, and that's how I feel too. Like it would have to be like, I mean, I'm certainly not looking for anything. I'm totally just found myself and I'm about to be 34. So that's been like a long time coming and I'm super happy with like continuing to explore myself. And and now that I know I can like masturbate and make myself orgasm like I'm really not missing anything yeah for sure and it's one of those things where like so my current partner is the only partner who's ever actually made me come and I did get super close with the first guy so since my partner and I like opened up our relationship the first guy that I had sex with um like a year and a half ago um he was the best the second best, like next to my partner, he almost made me come. Like if we had had sex for like five more minutes, I totally could have come, but I felt weird about asking him to like, keep going because I don't know, like I hadn't had sex with anybody else in like seven years and was just like, I'm just they lucky to be getting laid. <laughs> don't like to keep going. They are like over, if they're done, they're done. Then they're going to yeah. give you a story about their dick being soft and now you got to wait 15 minutes and no one wants to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Been there. <laughs> but he was super cute and, and the sex was really good and our chemistry was really good. He was really cool. Like he was somebody that I would like have sex with again if I could, if I even knew where he was. Like I was in Washington, <laughs> DC when like at a conference, at a convention, and just was like, Hey babe, can I hook up with somebody tonight? And he was like, I mean, I guess. So I just found someone randomly on like Bumble and was like super straight up who I was like I just want to have sex do you want to go to a bar and see if we like click and he was like sure and we clicked and so we went back to my Airbnb and it was just really fun like we hung out for hours and had sex twice I don't know it was just a really good time yeah I remember good times like that it's been so long (laughs) I know (laughs) like I remember when I could just you know have random sex with everybody it's crazy being a mom they really fuck with you they really fuck with your sex life. <laughs> well, all right, Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. We will have you on next month. We're going to do this. Like we're going to be consistent this time and we're going to actually show up once a month and we're going to have our sex talk. So yes. if there's I, anything so cathartic for me, like I, this shit is my favorite. I love it. This is great. This is great. It should boost your confidence to build your podcast. I am after, after my wedding, that's the first thing I'm going to do is launch my podcast and you're totally going to be on. 
and I'm going to have, like, it's going to be so successful. It's just going to be amazing. So that's, that's me speaking it into existence. Fuck yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you loved it. If you did leave a five-star review, screenshot it and leave it in your Instagram stories and I'll be sure to shout you back. You have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Gambino Mindset. I hope you found value in this week's episode. Check out the show notes for ways to connect with me and vibe. And if you aren't already following me on Instagram, you can find me at the Gambino Mindset. If you enjoyed this episode, head on over to iTunes to show your love by leaving a review and don't forget to hit subscribe so I can keep the vibes coming. Thanks again for listening. And remember, through loving yourself first, all things are possible.